Yeah, technology never works the way you want it to work, does it? <laughs> Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and Jesus' lineage had a long line of people who came from the, a desert start in their ministry, amen, and, and John the Baptist, he spent time in the wilderness, he was Jesus' cousin, amen, and, and John had been in the wilderness when the Word of God came to him, Luke chapter 3 and verse 2, John's time of solitude in the wilderness was the precursor to his ministry. And what a powerful ministry that ministry was. Jesus said of John the Baptist, there hasn't been a greater prophet than John the Baptist. His ministry captured the attention of the nation, captured the attention of the king of Judea at the time. Amen. And now it was Jesus' turn. The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, but this wasn't like a weekend wilderness escape. He wasn't going on a nice camping trip. He wasn't out there to go fishing or anything like that. It wasn't just to try and get away from the hustle and the bustle of life. But in that wilderness, Jesus was going to face a fight with an adversary who wanted to destroy him, who wanted to destroy the ministry that was about to be launched. But in that fight, the most powerful ministry that the world has ever witnessed was launched. And Jesus turned the temptation that Satan tempted him with into a triumph. And in that process, he showed us how to do the same. Amen? See, here's something I think we might forget sometimes. Being filled with the Spirit does not exempt us from experience temptation, experiencing temptation. Amen? See, sometimes I feel like we think that because, you know, we pray enough and because we're filled with the Holy Spirit and because we're in church and we worship God and we feel His presence, well, I'm not going to get tempted. That's not true. Amen? As New Testament believers, we do have the privilege of having God's Spirit residing within our hearts, but even having the Spirit of God in our hearts does not exempt us from temptation. Think about it. If Jesus, who was the Son of God, if He faced temptation... Why would we expect to be any different? We should expect to face temptation as well, amen? And Jesus knew the dangers of temptation. He knew that they would be dangerous to his believers, and that's why he taught his followers to pray. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13, Jesus said, Pray and lead us not into temptation, and deliver us from evil, amen? Deliverance from temptation and deliverance from evil should be the subject of our prayers. It should be something that we pray about. And if we're not praying about it, if we're not saying, Lord, help us stand when temptation comes, perhaps we're not taking it seriously enough. Amen? Perhaps we're not taking it seriously enough. And we're going to talk a bit more about that in a bit. Because temptation is a reality of the believer's life. Everyone faces temptation. Even spirit-filled people. When Paul needed an illustration of the dangers of temptation, of course, who did he look to? He looked back to the people that Moses was leading. Amen? He did. He didn't need to look any further than those. The children of Israel in the wilderness were a perfect story. Why? Because they were led by God's Spirit. Right? They had a pillar of fire by night in the middle of their camp. They had the cloud in the middle of the day. They saw the Shekinah glory of God on Moses' face, and yet they were tempted, and they failed. Amen? They failed. Not only did they have the glory of God, but they had Moses as their leader. I mean, this is a man who talks face to face with God. This is a great prophet. This is one who has, you know, stood in front of the Red Sea and passed. 
started it. Wow. Could you imagine if your pastor did that on Sunday? Come on, everybody, come to Hope Divine. Watch Pastor Gratian's going to part some water. But they were still tempted, and they still failed, amen? Here's the other thing that's interesting about the children of Israel. They didn't have internet. They didn't have social media. They didn't have television. They didn't have all these things. They didn't have a music industry. They didn't have all these other things. They didn't have wild parties to go to. All these other things. They didn't have all the things that we're tempted with today. And yet they still failed. Amen? As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says that they were overthrown in the wilderness. And their story is recorded as a warning for us. Amen? Paul noted, and then in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, he said, Wherefore let him who thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Right? Because if anybody was going to be able to stand for God, it would be the children of Israel. They had everything going for them. Signs, wonders, miracles, a great prophet, the glory of God in their camp, and yet they were tempted and they fell. And so we should expect the same, amen. We should expect that we are going to face temptation and we need to be aware of it. And we need to make sure that we don't fall into it. Because following Jesus will inevitably lead us into temptation eventually. Temptation is a reality of the believer's life. But what we do know is that God will help us when we face temptation. And someone say amen for that. Amen. Temptation is real and it is dangerous, but we are not left to its mercy. God is faithful, Paul tells us. In His faithfulness and His mercy, God provides, if you want to put it like this, like an exit ramp off the highway of temptation. Right? We have options to get off if we want to. We have a way of escape, the Bible tells us. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 in the NIV, it says, But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Right? Temptation will come for a season, but keep an eye out, stay strong, and the way of escape will appear, and you can remove yourself out of the way of temptation. Amen? And if we are walking in the Spirit, which is what Paul commanded us in Galatians, he said, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. When we are walking in the Spirit, walking in the power of the Spirit of God that lives inside of our heart, when temptation comes, we will see the way of escape when it comes. Right? If, we, if we keep using this analogy of being on a highway, when you're not living by the Spirit, sure, you're in a car and it's nighttime, but your lights are off and it's raining and you don't have your windscreen wipers on. It's real hard to see where you're driving, amen? But when we walk our lives according to the Spirit of God, we will see that way of escape because God is faithful and God has promised that He will provide it for us, amen? If we follow His lead, the Spirit will get us out of danger. Amen. And He gives us strength to avoid falling into those situations and wisdom to avoid them as well. You know, perhaps this is what Solomon had in mind. In Proverbs 22 verse 3 when he wrote, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. See, I wonder how much temptation we get ourselves into simply because we're not wise. Hello. When we are walking according to the Spirit of God, God gives us wisdom and we can see the traps of the enemy long before they become a problem for us. 
right? But when we're ignoring the Spirit of God and we're not listening to God's voice, we fall into those things. God is faithful. He'll still provide an escape, but the prudent man looks ahead and lives for God today so they have the ability to avoid those situations at all times. Amen? Where possible. Praise the Lord. God in His mercy can hide us from evil that is in the path that comes ahead. Amen? First Thessalonians chapter, sorry, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Amen? I, I believe that there is a measure of temptation that we will avoid if we're living for God and we're being faithful. Amen? Amen. There is a measure of temptation that we will avoid if we are faithful and living for God. Amen. But the reality is, is that we will still face temptation in our life because Jesus was faced with temptation. Amen. So every spirit-filled, spirit-led believer will have seasons where they come face to face. And Jesus was no different. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus endured a 40-day test of faith in the desert. And his opponent, his opponent was none other than the adversary who had destroyed Adam and Eve thousands of years ago when he came to them and tempted them. He had brought them down and, and Satan recognized that Jesus was the promised one. He recognized that Jesus was the Son of God and he desperately wanted to derail Jesus' ministry before it ever began. Now, have you ever noticed that in those 40 days, Jesus never did a single miracle. The Bible is full of all the miracles that Jesus did. He calmed the seas. He walked on water. He fed 5,000. He fed 7,000. He opened blind eyes. He healed leprosy. He, he healed the cripple. He did all these different things, right? These miracles. But in the 40 days, we don't read of a single miracle being done. And Satan challenged him to, didn't he? He said, if you be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. And he didn't. He could have, but he didn't. He didn't work a single miracle. Instead, Jesus relied solely on a weapon that we have at our disposal as well. What did Jesus use? He used the Word of God. Put your hands up if you've got a Bible. You've got the Word of God. You've got the same Scriptures that Jesus used. When he was facing temptation, amen. And in doing so, Jesus gave us the perfect example of how to overcome our greatest struggle against temptation and sin, amen. And so I guess my question for you, first of all, is what scriptures have you hid in your heart? The Bible tells us in Psalm 119, I think it's about verse 17, your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Right? We should memorize some of God's Word. We should hide it in our hearts for those seasons when we do go through those temptations. You know, Micah 6 verse 8. <laughs> when the tempter comes, come on, you should do this. It's good. Whoa, 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 hang on. He has shown you, oh Jason, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love mercy. And walk humbly with my God. And what you are trying to tempt me to do is not walking humbly, is not doing justice. So I'm not going to do that. Amen? You answer with Scripture. You come against your temptation with Scripture. Amen? You know, when I'm feeling discouraged 
and I'm, I get discouraged, folks, right? And I'm feeling down, and I'm not sure what to do. In my mind, you know, the other night I was praying, and I was, I, was talking to, I was talking to my dad, and I said, you know, I got on my knees to pray. And I, and I said to the Lord, I said, God, if I were to be able to write a list of everything that's going on in my mind, I would have a prayer list of about a million checkpoints of things I want to talk to you about. And I don't even know where to start. And my mind was going, psh, 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 psh. Right? And the devil gets in there with discouragement. See, it's not even worth praying. You don't even know how to pray. You don't even know what to pray. But into my mind comes a scripture that I memorized. Psalm 119, 135. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. You know, when my mind starts to worry, and when I'm having trouble falling asleep, I begin to quote scripture in my mind. Every single scripture I can possibly think of. Amen? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men the man Christ Jesus. And devil, that's the God I serve. He's my mediator, so you can't come between us. Amen. And as you begin to quote that, this is why it's so important to hide God's word in your heart because it fills your mind and it fills your heart. Amen. And when temptation comes, if you can answer with God's word, the devil can't stand against that. Amen. Think about it in terms of Egypt. Right? When Moses came before the court... And he threw down the stick and it became a serpent. What did the enemy do? What did the magicians do? They threw down their sticks and they became snakes as well. So there are some things that the enemy might try and replicate to make look good. You know, the same feeling you get in church, man, you can get that in a nightclub. Why don't you just go clubbing instead of coming to church? That same excitement, you can get that somewhere else. Uh, 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 uh. Because I know God is real. Amen. His word never changes. He's faithful. And I know every knee will bow one day, and I'm going to do it now. Amen? And so by quoting God's word, by having it hidden in our heart, we understand these things, and we can use them against the enemy. Amen? And it is such a great way. So, so one thing I would like us to do this year is I want us to learn to memorize some scripture. Amen? Memorize those scriptures that are encouraging to you. Amen? And, and, and hide them in your heart. And when the tempter comes, you can pull them out and say, uh, uh, check this out. Right? That's why the Bible is called the sword of the Spirit. Amen? But Satan knows Scripture too. Do you know that? You know, Satan might know the Bible better than some of us. That's food for thought, isn't it? That's food for thought. Satan knew what was at stake in his showdown with, with Jesus centuries prior he had successfully led Jesus' earthly ancestors astray. Now, the Bible doesn't say specifically that um, it was Satan. It doesn't specifically blame Satan for leading Israel off course. But we know that Satan was the enemy of God's people. And we know that right from the beginning of time, he wanted to destroy whatever God's plan was. Whatever God's plan was, Satan wanted to disrupt it. And as it was revealed through time, be it through Adam and Eve, be it through Noah, be it through Abraham, be it through the children of Israel, Satan wanted to destroy it. Satan wanted to derail it, amen. And he knew that God's children had given into temptation and forfeited God's promises. And he wanted Jesus to do the same, amen. But see, he knows Scripture. And, and as he often does today, Satan cloaks his deception in reasonable-sounding religious language. 
Yeah, have you ever wondered why sort of new agey religions seem to do so well? Because it sounds almost right. And that's what Satan does. He, he sounds almost right. He comes at you with undeniable logic. This just makes so much sense. And he knows scripture. And this shouldn't surprise us. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14 that Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Satan is a master of deception. He knows how to deceive us. He knows how to trick us. And things that look so good on the outside when you start to peel away the layer with the help of God's Word and with God's Spirit providing discernment, you can begin to get to the heart of the matter and you see what the end of it is, amen? That's why we have to exercise spiritual discernment. This is why 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, it says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? Because the devil will get in and say, you should do this. It's just the right thing to do. It makes so much sense. Why don't you do this? You'll feel better. Everything will work out. It will be amazing. Look around you. You know it's the right thing to do. But we know we don't walk by sight. But we walk by faith. Amen? See, and, and this is why when we do face temptations... We cannot base, if you don't get anything else, get this. When we face temptations, we cannot base our response to that temptation by how things look and by how we feel. Because temptation will always come at the wrong time. You notice that? The devil doesn't attack when you're on fire for God. He doesn't attack, it seems, when you've been praying every day. He does sometimes if he has to, but he targets the weak. Right? The Bible calls him a roaring lion going around seeking whom he may devour. A roaring lion does not go straight for the center of the flock. No, it picks off the stragglers on the outside, the weak ones, the sick ones, the baby ones, the ones that are on the edges of the flock. Why? Because they're easier targets. Amen? And, and when we face temptation, it's easy sometimes to have a look around and use our eyes and go, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. And to use our feelings... And go, yeah, that's what I'm going to do because I feel offended. I feel like life's not fair. Hello? But instead, we have to walk by faith and not by sight. We cannot base our response to temptation by what things look like or sound like. Amen? Now, Satan didn't give up right away. See, wouldn't it be nice if Satan would tempt you and you quote one scripture? And he runs off for another time. Boy, that would be nice. I know from experience, temptation is sustained. It never just comes for a moment and disappears. But temptation, temptation for me has lasted sometimes days, sometimes weeks, just relentless over and over and over and over again. Amen? Because Satan does not give up right away. Luke chapter 4 and verse 2 indicates that Jesus' temptation in the wilderness lasted the entire 40 days that he was in the wilderness. When Jesus refused to give in to hunger, the devil didn't just go, oh, 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 well, I've lost. Never mind. Forget it, Jesus. Good job. You beat me. No, he tried another approach, didn't he? He said, okay, okay, well, I'm going to try another way. And he attacks via another angle, amen. And, and the enemy offered Jesus the option of obtaining power and glory without struggle. And don't forget, Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. 
Jesus knew the cross was coming. And Satan was a Satan who didn't know about the cross. Because Satan, don't forget, don't, don't give Satan too much credit. He can't tell the future. He doesn't know what's going to happen ahead of time. He doesn't even know what's going to happen this afternoon. Okay? But Satan offered Jesus everything that the cross was going to give him without the pain and suffering. Amen? That was the next angle that he used. But, but Jesus refused to take his bait. Then Satan challenged Jesus' identity. Right? And this is how Satan works even in our lives. Why don't you do this? It's going to feel good. No, I'm not going to do that, Satan, because I'm living for God. Huh. Okay, fine, you can live for God. You don't have to go to church. Just, you know, stay home. Maybe go every so often. You don't have to pray. You can live for God, but just live for God, but don't, don't do it properly, right? Same thing. He's offering you what you want. Yes, you can live for God, but just, just, eh, just do it. don't do it wholeheartedly. Just half-heartedly. You know, you do that on the weekend, and you know, during the week, you and me, will have some fun. Hello? Right? It's the same thing. And then if you persist through that, then it gets personal. Who do you think you are? You really think you're a child of God? Look at what you've done. Look at who you are. Look at how useless you've failed him so many times before. Why do you even bother? What's he doing? He's questioning your identity. He did the same to Jesus. He questioned Jesus' identity. But once again, Jesus refused to play Satan's game. So Satan's game is sustained, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and he does not give up easy. He keeps trying because he is desperate to make you fall. Amen. And after the third round of testing, the Bible tells us that Satan departed him from a season. Now, I'd like to say that once you had faced temptation, that would be it. If you could just last for the month of temptation, for example, and then after that, it's all good. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? No. But Satan departs for a season. He's going to go rest up, rearm, and he'll be back to try and tempt you again. He'll be back to try and take you out again. Amen? See, winning the victory over temptation today does not mean the devil will not try again tomorrow. We have to remain on God. The Apostle Peter warned us of this. The scripture I quoted before, be sober and be vigilant. Keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Amen? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh around seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Right now, one definition of steadfast from the dictionary is to be firm in belief, determination, and adherence. If we want to be victorious in our Christian life, if we want to face temptation and stand, we have to be willing to stand. We have to recognize it's going to be a fight, and we're going to win, but there will be another day where he will be back, and we will have to fight again. And then we will be victorious, and then he will leave, but then he'll be back, and then we'll have to fight again. Amen. Amen. One day we'll be victorious because one day we'll be in heaven and he'll be in hell. And we won't have to worry about him anymore. Amen. But Satan does not give up easily. Amen. He will keep coming back. Our job is to continue to stand strong if we want to remain victorious over the enemy. And so the question is then is how, how, how do we resist the devil? Well, James tells us the answer to that, doesn't he? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen? 
he'll be back, James could have added, but he will flee. Amen. And so the first step comes with submission to God. Amen. It comes with understanding, hey, I'm going to submit my life to God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure my life is in accordance with God's word. Amen. I'm going to submit to God. Then I'm going to resist the devil. Don't be an easy target for him. Give him a hard time. You know, some of the things I do in my life, when, when I'm struggling with things in my life, I call people who are mentors in my life and I say, hey, can you pray for me? I've been doing that a lot recently. <laughs> Amen? Calling people, texting people, saying, hey, I need you to pray for me. Help me stand. I'm facing discouragement. I'm facing fear. And I don't want to give into it. I want to keep going on. And I want to be strong. Keep me in prayer. Amen? And you'll find there will people who will pray for you. Amen? Be in church. Be faithful to church. Amen. There is something powerful about walking into this place, lifting your hands and worshiping God. We had a powerful prayer time down the front here this morning. Amen. It was so good to be in God's presence and feel God's presence rush in. And sometimes when we're sitting at home watching the live stream, not judging any of our live streamers, but sometimes when we're sitting at home watching the live stream, it doesn't quite feel the same. I know I felt that when we went through that lockdown through last year. Yeah? And so these are different things you can do to help you stand against the devil. Read God's Word. Make reading God's Word a habit. You know, I, typically I would have my prayer time in the morning um, when I first wake up. I read my Word and I pray. I've, doing, I've been doing something different the last, last week or so. I've been reading my Bible in the morning still, but I've been praying at night time. Last thing I do before I go to bed, spend about half an hour or so just praying. Just going over everything that's happened during the day in my mind with God and just giving it to Him. Amen? Because I I, I'm, just, I'm just sharing from my heart this morning, right? I find that it's at nighttime, that's when my temptations come. When I'm lying in bed and my mind starts to wander and I begin to think, man, I'm so discouraged. This is just not fair. Just feeling like we're just pushing a rock uphill right now. So instead of allowing the devil that opportunity, I get on my knees before I go to bed and I give it all to God. It's all yours, Jesus. I'm off to bed. I'll see you in the morning. And the devil comes in. I'm already asleep because I've handed all that stuff off to God. Amen. Right? That's just something I do in my life to help me at the moment with things that are going on in my life when I'm facing temptation, when I'm facing things from the enemy. Amen. Amen. There's ways we can stand strong so we can be victorious. With every single response that Jesus gave to Satan, Jesus drew inspiration from God's Word. You know, Jesus clearly committed large portions of the text to his memory. Maybe he knew the entire Torah by heart. I don't know. But those words proved to be a perfect antidote to what Satan was trying to sell him, amen? When Satan challenged Jesus, Jesus quoted Deuteronomy 8.3. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone. That's the scripture that Moses said, amen? Jesus overcame his second temptation and the opportunity to claim power and glory by worshiping Satan by quoting Deuteronomy 6.13. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him. And Deuteronomy 10.20, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and him, him shalt thou serve, and to him shalt thou cleave, and swear by his name. Amen. See, Jesus knew Scripture. Amen. Finally, when Jesus challenged 
sorry, when Satan challenged Jesus to prove that he was the Son of God, he quoted Deuteronomy 6.16, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. My question for you is if Jesus, as the Son of God, didn't just rely on his own words, but picked the words from the Scripture that perhaps he had memorized as a little boy, going to synagogue with Joseph and Mary. How much more should we memorize God's Word so we can use it when the enemy comes, amen? God's Word is a weapon that we can use to fight the enemy. And perhaps this is what the author of Hebrews had in mind. When he wrote in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, he said, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we were, yet without sin. Imagine for a moment if Satan had come and Jesus just went, and Satan was gone. He could have. He's within his power. But what does that do for us? I don't have the power just to go to Satan and get him out of my life. I wish I did. It would be good. I would use it a lot, but I don't. Jesus used the very same tools that we have, God's Word, because He was trying to teach us and to teach His followers that you can rely on God's Word. God's Word is reliable. God's Word is powerful. Amen. He didn't rely on some angelic intervention. He didn't call His angels and say, hey, get rid of this guy for me. Muscle him out of the wilderness. I'm, I'm busy having a time of prayer here. He didn't rely on supernatural power. He relied on the power of God's Word. Amen. I quoted it before. It's verse 11. There you go. Psalm 119, verse 11. Long before Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the psalmist already knew the power of God's Word. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. The New Testament calls God's Word a sword, noting that it is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. There is no greater weapon to use in our wilderness moments. Knowing and obeying God's Word are key to being victorious in the battle. Amen. we're getting ready to finish up that's not the end of the story because after the temptation the bible tells us that jesus left the wilderness in the power of the spirit luke made it clear that jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness in luke chapter 4 and verse 1 but when jesus left the bible tells us that he left in the power of the spirit he returned in the power of the spirit into galilee amen because throughout the entire ordeal Jesus had been directed by the Spirit. See, I think sometimes we mistake temptation as failure. We think the reason I'm being tempted is because I've failed God. Nothing could be further from the truth. You could be getting led by the Spirit of God, living your life in accordance to God's will, and get tempted. Why? Probably because you are living your life according to God's will, amen? Throughout the entire ordeal, Jesus had been directed by the Spirit. But when we follow the leading of the Spirit, we know that it doesn't matter what the enemy does, right? We preached about this last week. We know that all things work together for good, amen? If the Spirit has led you into the wilderness, you could know that the Spirit will lead you out. Now, it might be a wilderness that lasts for a day. It might last for a month. 
It might last for six months. It might last for a year. But eventually, the Spirit will lead you out and you will be stronger and you will be tougher and you will be victorious and you will come out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Amen. You know, Satan intended to abort the Lord's ministry before it ever began. But instead, this period of tempting and testing that our Lord went through, it propelled him in power into his purpose and into his calling. Amen. Bible says that when Jesus left the desert, there went out a fame of him through all the region all about. Amen. And before the chapter was even finished, doors of ministry had opened. Jesus performed miracles, including healing Simon Peter's mother. Amen. And so the question is, is are we going to allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit, even if it means facing times of temptation and times of challenge? And when those times come, are we going to continue to allow ourselves to be led by God's Spirit and surrender to God's call on our life? How do you know if you're being led by the Spirit? If you're encountering opposition in your life, that's a pretty good sign that you are being directed by the Holy Spirit. Satan will always resist someone who is trying to fulfill God's Word and trying to fulfill God's will. Amen? You know, that's why I remember when I was younger, things I was struggling with and stuff like that. And you look at all these people and they just, they're not living for God, but everything in their life just seems to be so perfect. Everything's going well for them. They've got nice houses, nice cars, good jobs, they wear nice clothes. And, and when I was younger, I used to get to think, it's just not fair. I'm living for you, God. Why? The devil doesn't care what they're doing. He's not out there tempting them. They're already living for Him. Amen? And that's the thing. When we face opposition, we can know that we are attempting to feel, fulfill God's will in our life. Our adversary wants us to take the easy road. And that's what the vast majority of the world does. They just take the easy road. And that's what the devil wants. Amen? But if we trust God to turn those tests to our advantage, we can come out of the wilderness of temptation and trial stronger than we have ever been and ready to fulfill God's purpose. Amen. Why don't we all stand this morning? We're going, we're going to have a moment of prayer in a second, but, you know, um, in his book, The Insanity of God, the author by the name of Nip Ripkin writes about a time that he went to China to visit with some of the underground churches that are there. And as he was fellowshipping with the pastors and all that kind of stuff, there was a young pastor that stood up and he was very powerful, very eloquent, and, and Nick was impressed. And one of the other pastors said to him, he said, that young man, he's going to be a great man of God, but don't trust him yet. He's not ready yet. And Nick said, why is that? And he said, that young man, he hasn't been to prison yet. And Nick said, well, what do you mean? He said, and this, this Chinese pastor said, for us, we don't go to Bible college for our theological education. He said, we go to prison. The state government locks us up, and we're locked up there because we've been preaching God's word. And it's in those times when we are in prison that we draw close to God, and we understand who God is, and we understand why we are preaching what we preach. That young man, he hasn't been to prison yet. His time will come.
And he will go to prison like the rest of us, I'm sure. Amen. It is the times of trouble and the times of stress and the times when we are in the wilderness that turn us into the men and women that God wants us to be. It is when we are in those prisons of life that we really learn to trust God. It's easy to trust God when things are going great. When the bank account is looking good and we've got a healthy job and we've got a roof over our head and plenty of food on the table, but you lose the job and you wonder where you're going to get rent from and you wonder how you're going to fill your car up with petrol and your car needs to be serviced and you've got a flat tire and, the, you know, and things are going wrong and you're sick. It's at those times you really learn to trust God. Amen. And that's, that's what Jesus was trying to teach us when he endured those temptations is that we can trust Him and that we can trust His Word and we will come out victorious. Praise the Lord. Why don't we just bow our heads, precious Jesus. Thank You for our first life class today, Lord God, for this year. We thank You, Lord, that we can serve You. We thank You, Lord, that we can trust You. Lord, just like You, Lord, You showed us the example, God, of how we can face down temptation. We can face what the enemy is offering us, Lord Jesus, and we can live a victorious life lord what a privilege and an honor lord god to know that we can stand on your word lord god lord if you as the son of god you face temptation and your weapon of choice was not some miracle you didn't call an angel to save you no you stood firmly on god's word you stood alone lord god and you resisted what the enemy was trying to get you to do lord god lord help us to do the same lord as we become disciples lord as we take up our cross to follow you lord we recognize and we accept that there will be periods of wilderness time lord god where we are tempted by the devil lord and we know he's not going to give up lord we know that he might go away and he'll be back again another season lord but lord help us as a church help us as families help us as individuals lord to stand on your word to trust your word lord god to know lord that your word will not change oh lord if it worked for you it'll work for us lord god and through it all lord jesus we know god that your word will lead us to a way of escape lord god that we can be victorious that we don't have to fall we don't have to fail lord god that we can be triumphant through you lord god i thank you for each person that's here lord god i thank you lord that we can live for you serve you and honor you with our life lord god i pray you continue to bless the remainder of our service lord we love you we praise you in the name of jesus and everybody said amen amen praise the lord let's give the lord a hand clap of praise